Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. You heard the interview with AEW EVP Cody Rhodes yesterday that had the entire wrestling world talking. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I piggyback off those comments when it comes to his match at All Out, the debut of TNT this October, and how the WWE will counter-program. Cody Rhodes vs. Sean Spears is set for AEW's All Out. We'll break down the latest when it comes to their story and why Sean Spears is a legitimate contender. Cody said on the show he's only worrying about his base, his diehards when it comes to AEW on TNT this October. We'll debate the use of the term casual fan in wrestling and if AEW needs to target a wide audience. Plus, we speculate on NXT and their rumored move to FS1 on Wednesdays to go head-to-head with AEW and how they may try to boost their own ratings come week one. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. There's one thing and one perception that I have when it comes to NXT that I do not have with the main roster. Now, obviously, the main roster got a huge pop a week ago with the Raw reunion with returning legends. There's a lot of talk about how we're going to see NXT go head-to-head with AEW. We're going to talk a little AEW coming off the heels of Cody Rhodes from yesterday in just a little bit. But there's talk about NXT moving to FS1. And if they do, you might see some main roster superstars going over to NXT. Now, people might hear that and say, wow, I don't. The last thing I want to see on NXT is anybody from the main roster coming on to that show. It's funny. Because we talk about how a lot of NXT superstars we don't want to see move over to the main roster. I honestly don't right now want to see any of the main roster wrestlers on NXT. Why? Because I'm fine with what NXT has right now. Well, time out for a second. What about some of those people that flourished in NXT that got to the main roster and then got, got taken out back and they put one in the back of their head? Wouldn't you like to see them flourish again in NXT? I mean... If, Let's take Tyler Breeze. Was he over in NXT? Yes. Main roster? No. Is he doing a good job in NXT? He is. So what? why don't we just leave him alone? Let uh, him flourish there. Okay, that's one guy. I am just worried. This is my concern. Is that now what you're saying is different than what I think could possibly happen. What you're saying is taking some of those... Former NXT superstars that moved over to the main roster failed, no fault of their own, but failed. And I I unfortunately have to throw a Bobby Roode into that. Absolutely. Have to throw an EC3 into that. 
Absolutely. And Eric Young into that. Yep. But those might not be the main roster wrestlers that they bring down into NXT to be on those shows. If they're just using the main roster wrestlers to bolster that show because they're going up against AEW and they bring up some main roster superstars that are maybe currently flourishing and they just bring it down to to bring a rating or to pop a rating to say, all right, we're going to go up against AEW because of our superstar power will win. That's going to be a fail for NXT. That's my concern because they are building superstars and getting you emotionally invested that you want to see that takeover on Saturday, August 10th. I don't want to see that formula that's working or that chemistry be ruined by just throwing superstars on that show in order to get a rating. If you take the current NXT roster, if if AEW were to go on TNT this Wednesday, mm-hmm. okay, coming Wednesday, and, and, uh, and NXT airs on Wednesday nights, if you took that roster and you have Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, the Bucks, Cody, MJF, and John Moxley there, are you watching AEW or are you watching NXT? It's a great if, question. If you even have to think about it, you know what the answer is. You're going to be watching AEW. Why? Star power. And that's what the WWE might be doing in moving some of their main roster people to NXT. Star power. Because if they can put some star power on NXT, that will help to combat the star power of AEW. But it's funny because I look at this card for the TakeOver Bully and their star power. Now, obviously, it's not on the same stage because they're on your to, to watch NXT. You have to watch it on the WWE Network. There's no other way to watch it right now. What's the biggest match on TakeOver? Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. When it comes to star power, are you watching Golden, uh, Cole and Gargano or Jericho and Omega? I'm, I'm watching Jericho and Omega. That's why they might move some people down there. It's all about battling star power with star power. But I hear what you're saying, Bully. But I'm telling you right now, if they actually put effort into NXT as far as promotion, if it's on FS1 and there's commercials possibly on Fox, and I'm able to see Adam Cole, Gargano, Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong, you know, if I'm able to see that on a bigger stage than the WWE Network, who knows? Maybe that perception might change a year, two years down the road. I understand what you're saying, but in the short term, the WWE is going to do whatever they can on that first Wednesday night that AEW debuts to take viewers away from them. I would not be surprised. I'm going to go way out on a limb here. Go ahead. I hope hope it's a strong limb. I wouldn't be surprised if the WWE gave you a pay-per-view worthy show on the very first Wednesday that AEW debuts. Okay, so and and you're and you're saying that it's going to be you're going to see some major superstars from the main roster on that show. I I wouldn't be surprised if the WWE had a special that they're holding in their back pocket for that Wednesday night. I have no idea if they do if they don't. But knowing the way they operate there and Vince's strategy, he's probably going to – he'll probably do like a Saturday night's main event on Wednesday 
and load it to the balls just to fight AEW on their first night. All right, but let's just say, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to throw some major names on that first NXT show. All right, I'm going to I'm going to give them AJ Styles. I you know, I'm going to give them Daniel Bryan. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give them The Miz. Let's just say those three names. Just to th- just throwing those names out there, right? Yep. Major star power to put it on the NXT show. Those main roster people that they throw on that NXT are going to completely go over that NXT talent. Completely run over that NXT talent. Do you think Do you think that Vince McMahon is going to put main roster talent on that NXT show, major names on that NXT show, and have them lose? Do you think it's bad for Velveteen Dream if he has a great 20-minute match with The Miz and The Miz rolls him up one, two, three? Do you think that really hurts Velveteen Dream? I think or do you think... No. That doesn't hurt. That shows that Velveteen Dream was able to hang with The Miz, have a great match. One guy's got to get pinned, and if you just get pinned or rolled up, you know, or a small package, it's no big deal. But that wouldn't hurt Velveteen Dream. What I'm saying, as I'm, I'm taking this to the next level, and I could be so off base here, it's not funny. I'm not even talking about that NXT show on Wednesday night. What's to say that Vince doesn't put a show on the Wednesday night of AEW's debut on USA. All right. So you're going to say that he's going to put like a pay-per-view caliber show on USA to go up against AEW's first show. Think of Clash just as, of the just Champions. As a, just as a guess. You're, you're spitballing here. Exactly. Think of it as Clash of the Champions for free against paid WrestleMania back in the day. If Vince really wants to take the wind out of the sails of that first AEW show on TNT, what's to say that he doesn't call up USA and, and they arrange something for that Wednesday night where we're getting, um, um, I, I don't know, we're getting John Cena versus Brock Lesnar in the main event. I'm, I'm spitballing here. Something that makes people go, oh, I think I might want to see this instead of this. Right now, people have no option on, on Wednesday night. Yes, they can watch NXT on the network. But we can assume as of this very moment that the majority of wrestling fans are going to be watching AEW on that Wednesday night. All of the AEW fans will be watching AEW. But what about those other fans out there? If the other fans out there don't have a choice, especially the diehard WWE fans, they might say, all right. I'll check out this AEW. It's a it's a it's a great scenario. It's it's I love it. I love what you're throwing out there because if I'm the WWE, I'm doing that. If I'm the WWE, you brought up Clash of the Champions and and and, and WrestleMania. You know, pay per view versus free TV. Now, obviously, we're not dealing with that because these are both available for free. Unless you're bringing back, and this is where I'm going to sound like a hypocrite. You just mentioned the John Cena. There is nobody right now on the main roster. Forget about re- returning legends, all that. Put throw that out the window. I got to be honest with you. There is nobody on the main roster that could go up against each other that's going to make me want to tune into that other than AEW. There's nothing. There is no pull- match you could there's no match you could put together that's going to make me not want to tune into AEW's first show. Ronda versus Becky for the women's championship. Ronda's right is not on the roster right now. Ronda Rousey's my, away. I'm, get, I'm, to, I'm talking my, about what I can watch is, right now. What I can what I can see right now. Forget about Ronda. 
coming back or a Cena coming back. I'm talking about what I'm watching week to week on Raw and SmackDown. There is not a match that they could put together that would not make me tune into AEW's first show. Brock versus Kofi, title unification. So, like I said, it's a, that's off the top of my head. And now you're talking about a stipulation. Oh, come on now. Don't don't pull semantics on me. What I'm saying is... No, it's, this is your genius, all right? I'm saying you're a freaking genius, okay? Because now you're throwing out something that's a... Re- that's a WrestleMania. You're throwing out a WrestleMania main event match. But that's what I'm talking about. How do you combat that first night? I, I, I'm going to say it one more time. Every AEW fan on the planet will be watching AEW. You know why it's perfect, Bully, not to interrupt you, but I have to interrupt you with with your interruption. You know why it's perfect? Because they may have to do that. You're talking about if SmackDown on Fox is going to succeed, you probably have to throw this brand split out the window. How do you combat that brand split? By having a unification match with the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship. And when do you have that match? You have it in a special USA, you know, exclusive card for everyone to see Wednesday, October 2nd. If you're running for a political office and you run unopposed, who wins? You win. Exactly. You're not going up against anybody. There's no competition. So, it's not about the AEW fan on that Wednesday night, on October 2nd. It's about every other fan out there. WWE runs the risk of their fan base checking out AEW. And if they check it out, they actually might like it better. So, what? if I was the WWE, I'm taking my roster and putting together a super show that is going to run on Wednesday night, on USA, right up against AEW. And now, listen, that's a, that could be a knockout punch early, but if they could sustain that knockout punch, the following week, you're not going to have that show. It's going to be it's going to be AEW and NXT. That's okay. What's AEW loading up for? They're not loading up for week two. They're loading up for week one. So you combat them on week one. But I don't know if they're – see, this is where I might have to disagree with you. Go, go right I think ahead. I think they're setting the story up in week one. I don't think they're throwing out a knockout punch. They're throwing out a jab because they want to throw out a succession of jabs over the week, week one, week two, week three, week four. You're talking about a knockout punch from the WWE. But if they're able to sustain that knockout punch, I think AEW can win in the long run. I'm not talking about a knockout punch. I'm not sitting here and telling you that if the WWE puts on a show at 8 o'clock on that Wednesday night, they are going to kill AEW. I'm talking about that first night running unopposed. It is not out of the realm of believability that Vince McMahon would put something on up against it. It would be smart business. It's a smart chess move. I could see people saying, well, wouldn't that uh, that be admitting that Uh, Wouldn't Vince be admitting that that's competition? Vince already admitted the competition on the conference call. We know it's competition. Yeah, it's not competition because it's on the same night. We're getting, getting, you know, uh, AEW on Wednesday night. But that first show is is being touted by AEW as being so big. How do you take the wind out of their sails? You call up USA and you go, USA, I want to do a super show on Wednesday night and kick these boys in the balls. 
That's how you do it. And you put together a super show. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Could it be that maybe the ratings are down? There's not a lot of juice to SummerSlam. Could it be that people are just like waiting for the fall when it comes to pro wrestling bully? I'm sure it, it could be waiting for the fall for, I mean, there are a lot more people out and about doing things, but, but the fall uh, meaning that okay, yeah, WWE is moving to, you know, moving to Fox, Dave, AEW, blah, blah, Dave, blah. all the excuses like, like on, on social media. Oh, well, the, the, the democratic debates took away from the ratings. Okay. Well, go look at the democratic debates in 99, 2000, 2001. Go look at when they had debates back then. Go look at when they had Monday Night Football back then. Go look at all the competition that Raw or SmackDown had back then. How were they doing then? They were blowing everything out of the water. No, nothing really matters. Die-hard wrestling fans tune into wrestling no matter what else is going on. And one, one point that I wanted to piggyback off the conversation we were having about the WWE throwing competition at AEW on AEW's debut night. Mm-hmm. Whether people think that's realistic or not, or good or bad, on a much smaller level, they threw an Evolve show on the WWE Network just to run up against Fight for the Fallen, right? Yes. If they're doing it at that level, why wouldn't they do it at the biggest level? And think about it. You're right. I mean, that was, in essence, for Fight for the Fallen, that was a charity house show that they were putting out for free on Bleacher Report Live. If, if this was a chess match, that was AEW moved one pawn and the WWE moved another pawn. October 2nd, AEW is going to pull out their queen and WWE may pull out their queen also. I will say this, boy. There was a point where I thought, and my, my perception could be completely wrong. You might shoot it down. There was a time that I thought that the WWE was never really concerned about what was going on outside their bubble. You know, they never really thought about it. They had a focus. They were moving forward, and they didn't really think about anything else that was going on. They never had a reason to. Now they do. Yeah. On multiple levels. I mean, I mean, for a decade, they didn't have Raw or SmackDown at the Garden, and now they're returning to the Garden. Oh, yeah, by the way, because Ring of Honor and New Japan was at the Garden, and New Japan is coming to New York in September. Oh, and they're going to have Raw and SmackDown at the Garden in September. They definitely are not only aware, but I think concerned about what's going on outside that bubble. And here's an interesting thing that you just made me think of. They've never shown concern in the past, but we had something similar in the past to AEW on TNT, and it was TNA on Spike. There was never any concern from the WWE then. And listen, at one time, that most wrestling fans will admit that TNA on Spike was a lot more exciting programming than the WWE yes. was at the time. And TNA, in my opinion, had an incredible mixture of veterans, young talent, and women. The homegrowns, the AJs, the Joes, the, the Bobby Roods, the James Storms. You had the Hulk Hogan's and you had the, 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 the Stings. You had uh, a Hardee's and a Dudley's and a Beer Money and a, and a Motor City Machine Guns. You had the beautiful people and the Gail Kims and the Awesome Kongs. My God, what a roster. 
and they yeah. had and they had an audience, an average audience of over a million people each and every week on Spike. And they had money behind them. So why didn't the WWE take TNA seriously back in the day? I believe it all has to do with social media now. The strength of social media and the way that Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny and all those guys have been able to bring their fan base in. TNA didn't bring their fan base in the way AEW has been able to do it. And I think that's the one major difference. Why is WWE so concerned about AEW? Because they're dealing with a passionate fan base who's willing to spend money and, oh, by the way, the guy that owns AEW can buy Vince McMahon three times over. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Cody was talking about Sean Spears, and that match is confirmed, Cody and Sean Spears. Um, and that's going to be a really, really interesting matchup because he mentioned Tully Blanchard as well. But here's the difference, Bully. We're not talking about Tully Blanchard more than we're talking about Cody and Sean Spears. Tully Blanchard is an added ingredient to the story. He's the cherry on top of the Sunday, but he's not the main ingredient. Why? Because even though it hasn't been played out on TV, we are buying into the story between Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes. Goes back to what we were just talking about before. Yes, Tully Blanchard is great, and that could be an added component. And let's see if if Cody actually brings somebody out with him. But once the bell rings in that match, we're not thinking of Tully Blanchard. Just an added ingredient to the story, Bully. Who's the stake in this match? The stake in this match is Sean Spears, in my opinion. And who's the baked potato? Tully Blanchard. Yes. He's the side dish. That's exactly what he should be. Perfect part. Did you see the recent edition of Road to All Out? Yes, I did. First of all, great production, great storytelling. I I loved seeing Spears and Tully at the office. On t- the heels were on time, and the baby face was late. Yep. The baby face playing mind games with the heel, basically saying, I don't give a flying rat's ass about this contract signing. I'm going to get there late. I'm going to sign my name, and I'm going to walk out. And then here is something very interesting. What was the last thing that Spears and Tully asked to have changed in the contract? What was that? They said that Cody is known for bringing an entourage to the ring. This time, he's not allowed an entourage. He's only allowed one person. Setting it up perfectly. They're setting it up perfectly. They're telling a story. Now, Cody's going to be forced to have only one person there. But that one person, I guarantee you, will mean more than any entourage he could possibly bring. Now you're wondering, 
Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And obviously, <clears throat> it's going to be the perfect person to balance out Tully Blanchard. Who that's going to be, we don't know. We could speculate. We know as fans who we'd like to see it be, but it remains to be seen. And the part, there's two things that I loved <clears throat> about that road to All Out. Cody didn't give a crap about what the last minute request was for the contract. He signed his name anyway. Basically saying, I'm so laser focused on beating the shit out of Sean Spears. I don't care what they ask for. Give it to them. It doesn't matter. I also loved the reality of the piece. The lawyer that they used, um, I believe she's the real, real lawyer for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the other gentleman that was in the shot, they came off so real. There was no pro wrestling in their voice. There was no pro wrestling in their tone. There was no pro wrestling in their delivery. They performed just as they would perform in real life. And that gave that entire piece an air of realism. And I'm glad you said that because I go back and I listen to Eric Bischoff. I listen to his podcast, podcast 83 Weeks with Conrad Thompson. And they talk about the Monday Night War and how WCW was able to beat the WWF at the time. And the one word that Eric Bischoff always uses is the one you just said, and that's realism. And it's realism why they're able to beat it. What was the WWF like at the time? You know, it was very cartoonish, over the top characters, storylines, everything else. You, it was not relatable. What they were able to do is add realism to the stories. Kind of what Cody and the AEW is doing right now. Man, Bully, and you're so right. When I was watching that production piece yesterday, I said to myself, if this is what they give us on a weekly basis, not going to be any problem buying into this. So, no problem at all. The struggles that we talk about with the WWE, and I'm not trying to have everyone, anyone pick sides here. I'm just reporting on what I'm seeing. There wasn't any high production over the top. You know, it wasn't, there was nothing over the top about that segment. It was real. And that's why it was perfect. I got MJF talking about his loyalty to Cody. I got to see Tully sitting side by side with Spears. I got to see Cody doing his daily regimen. He woke up. He went for a jog with Farrow. He washed his face. He brushed his teeth. He put his suit on. He jumped in his limo. He head down to the contract signing. I saw great storytelling. I enjoy watching those pieces. When After that piece is over, I don't sit back and go, yeah, but. You know why? why? They don't give me anything to yeah, but about. Mm-hmm. I don't go, yeah, but where was Becky? I don't go, yeah, but who's going to be in Cody's corner? I'm, I'm not saying any of that stuff because they gave me a perfect piece that gave me a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the end was left just open-ended enough that makes me want to see the next issue of edition uh, of Road to All Out, which will then make me want to see the next one and the next one and thus make me want to pay for All Out just to see who's going to be in Cody's corner. And here's the beauty of it, too. 
because we talk about the backstage and the politics and everything else. Everybody knows Sean Spears' story. They know that he was underutilized in the WWE, wasn't given a fair opportunity as Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10 on SmackDown, and now he's getting this second opportunity with AEW. Pretty good story, right, Bully? I would say so because we're talking about him, but we never talked about him before. That's right. But when it comes to All Out, is anybody in that arena going to be cheering Sean Spears? No. 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 Because they're not giving you a reason to. If you watch these production pieces, you hate Sean Spears. Yeah, but see, this is where this is where Cody contradicts himself a little bit. He said in the past, "There's no, you know, there's really no such things as heels and baby faces anymore." Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Who's the baby face? It's Cody Rhodes. Who's the heel? It's Sean Spears. Any gray area? No, there's no gray area. And you know what? I guarantee it. Shit, maybe we should ask this question, but we didn't have a lot of time with Cody. Bully, I guarantee you now the way things have played out since he made those comments, his answer would be completely different if we asked him that question now. You know why? Because of the story he's involved in. And look at MJF for crying out loud. Is there any gray area when it comes to MJF? MJF is the best heel in pro. There's bar none. There's nobody that comes near MJF right now. He is your quintessential heel. He's hated. He doesn't give you a reason to cheer for him. He's, there is no gray area right now. There's no gray area when it comes to anyone in AEW right now. Are you now. sure? Did you, did you watch the piece last night, the road to All Out? Are you talking about with MJF? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess what you're right. What did he say about Cody? Yeah, I know. The friendship, I, you're right. I'm contradicting myself because they give you me a reason to contradict it. So maybe that goes back to what you're saying about Cody's comments. No, I just think that MJF for the, is 99% heel, and that 1% of, that you saw of him last night was just loyalty to a friend who gave him an opportunity. But when I say C- Cody contradicted himself, I'm not saying that in a, in a negative way. I'm just saying it just happened to happen because Cody is hell-bent on changing wrestling and how we view wrestling. Like he says, wins and losses will matter, and there really are no such things as heels and baby faces. Well... Cody's the babyface and Sean Spears is the heel. And it's it's very definitive and clear cut. It's like I kind of asked him yesterday in the interview. <clears throat> is being Was being in the first AEW match on TNT important to you? And at the beginning of the answer, it was, nah, it's really not that important to me as much as it was this and that. And he gave us these words, words, words. What did he say at the end of the, the question? Change his tune. Changed his tune. He goes, no, actually, it is important to me now that I'm talking about it. There are certain things that should not be screwed with in pro wrestling. And one of those things to me is the good guys and the bad guys. Because the good guys has always worked in pro wrestling and the bad guys has always worked in pro wrestling. Because without Darth Vader, there would be no Luke Skywalker. Shades of Grey never truly worked for me. The NWO, were they heels or baby faces? They were heels, but then they became the cool kids. So were they heels or baby faces? There was, it was that gray area. Towards the end, it was a gray area. It's gray. It's heels that yeah. were so freaking cool that they outshined their baby faces and thus became baby faces. I don't like that confusion. I want to know that I should love this guy, and I want to know that I should hate this guy. And maybe that's just because I'm more of a traditionalist. If, if you were to tell me you were different, I wouldn't argue your point for feeling that way. 
I'm just saying that Cody had went on record to talk about heels and faces don't necessarily matter. It's not the traditional heel versus baby face anymore. I don't know. Sean Spears cracked a chair over your head and you were bleeding and the whole world was concerned about your well-being. You tell me who's the good guy and the bad guy. Now, there's certain storylines that maybe it, there could be a gray area. Maybe when it comes to, to Cody and Dustin, there's a bit of a gray area, brother versus brother. You could have a gray area, and then they united at the end of that matchup with mutual respect. Maybe there's certain storylines where there could be a gray area, but obviously what we're seeing played out with Cody and Sean Spears, there is no gray area at all. Do you know what Cody versus Dustin was? It was therapy. It was therapy for their real life story. The real life story of two brothers, sons of one of the greatest baby faces that ever walked the planet, who went in completely different directions, who have very different life stories, who despite the fact they share the same last name, could not be any more different. That match with Cody and Dustin was therapy for Cody and Dustin, and we all got to sit in on their therapy session. Therapy is deep, isn't it? Yeah. Therapy is emotional, isn't it? Yes. Did we get deep emotion from Cody and Dustin? We sure did. What moves did they do? It wasn't about moves. Exactly. It was the story that was told in the ring. Let's go out to Josh in North Carolina. Josh, what did you want to say about AEW and their battle with the WWE? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Josh? So I'm going to play a little throwback Thursday. So what if to combat the AEW's um, first program, and like Bully was saying, they have a WWE has a big special all-out pay-per-view. If they do a Halloween Havoc pay-per-view, I know it's in October, that would be the perfect time to bring back Halloween Havoc and maybe your Wheel of Death or Wheel of Matches and have um, some matches set up that way. I mean, and Josh, thanks for the phone call. You could have like a quote-unquote Halloween Havoc on the USA Cable Network. I don't know if it's about the theme. I think it's more than just that. I mean, I, I sure, you could call it Halloween Havoc because it's in October. Uh, it's early October, so I don't know if it works exactly, but I think it's more about the substance than, than what's at the surface when it comes to that bully. I'd call it Wednesday Night Raw, out for blood. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 what I'm saying is, the, the, I agree yes. with you, Dave, the name doesn't matter. Just the fact that from 8 to 10 on the USA Network on that Wednesday night, the WWE were to pull, put on a show. It's going to force the WWE fans to stay with the WWE on that first night. It's going to force Fairweather fans to possibly stay with the WWE. If not, AEW will run unopposed, thus being allowed to fire their guns and not only entertain their audience, but possibly bring over the WWE audience. Well, it and that's how competition begins. Well, wouldn't it wouldn't be unopposed because you still you're still going to have NXT. I, I understand. I'm talking about fighting firepower with firepower. Well, if you're if you're telling me, listen, I'm sorry. If you're telling me about NXT on Wednesday night as compared to AEW on Wednesday night, I'm going with the AEW show based on star power alone. 
But I think there's enough there with NXT if given time. It, 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 I, I think it's interesting. And speaking of NXT against AEW, that's exactly what Gilbert in Atlanta wants to talk about. Gilbert, what did you want to say about NXT versus AEW? Uh, I was actually curious. Do you think that maybe WWE would possibly do like an NXT reunion show similar to like Raw reunion where I'm not just talking about NXT when it started full sale tapings. I'm talking about NXT from like uh, season one where it was a reality show where you had Daniel Bryan and Heath Slater and maybe do that as a live special on the WWE network and have you know, NXT alumni. Gil- Gilbert, it w- G- Gilbert, I-, I understand what you're saying. It wouldn't work, and here's why. And Gilbert, thanks for the phone call. Because Bobby Roode and Eric Young and Tyler Bree, every, you, I mean, God, there's dozen, a dozen people you can mention. They were amazing on NXT, and they're nothing on the main roster. I mean, think about it. Eric Young hasn't even had an opportunity to become something. I, no, Bo Dallas was an NXT NXT champion. Bo Dallas. What's Bo Dallas since moving to the main roster? A joke. And this is nothing against Bo Dallas, but boy, bull, you want to talk about reminding people of when times were good. This is even worse. You throw out some of those superstars that flourished on NXT and have been a dead run on the main roster and you want to remind people of what they once were, that's the way to do it. I mean, my God, that's just reminding that you had, that's reminding people that you had talent and you wasted the talent. Talk about a a twofold conversation here, reminding people of how great the WWE used to be with the Raw reunion and reminding how people, how great some of these talents used to be in NXT. It almost feels like they work against the, against themselves at times. Yes. Like that that would remind people of how stupid the WWE is. Think about it. EC3, Bo Dallas, Eric Young. I mean the names just I mean there's there's there's, there's names I'm not even thinking about. But you know you know where I'm coming from, bully. Authors of pain? Is authors of pain are they still employed I don't by know. the WWE? I'm just giving, I'm just throwing another I'm just giving you a tag team. I mean I, I it's good Bobby Roode for crying out loud. But I said that at, at one point Bobby Roode was the best heel in wrestling when he was a heel champion with NXT. I I want to be able I want somebody in that company to call this show and tell me why Bobby Roode is in the position that he's in. I know what their answer is going to be. They're going to tell me he's one-dimensional. Yeah, well, you know what? He's not one-dimensional. And I'm going to tell them that you haven't written another dimension for him. And here's the thing. When you talk about one-dimensional, you're not bringing up TNA. You you, you want to use the argument about why he's not one-dimensional? You're throwing one of their own products in their face. And that's NXT. It's amazing. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. We also asked him about what type of audience does he want to tap into when they premiere and debut on TNT. And this is what Cody Rhodes had to say. You guys have heard the term so much as you guys talk about wrestling, but you guys have heard the term casual fan, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, how are they going to get the casual fan? And the term casual fan, 
I just want to, I honestly, I think I throw up a little in my mouth every time I hear it because it's this, it's this vernacular to describe wrestling that is based on the Monday night wars. When the Monday night wars are over, they're not a thing as far as they're not happening here and now in the present. What's happening here and now in the present is we can't determine what it is. It's something that only history will be able to tell us. So my focus is always the base that built AEW. And that base, if you've seen it, you get it. And if you, ha- and if you haven't seen it, it's, it's just something that, that you, you have to see and feel. And then Bully knows what I'm talking about because there's a lot of confidence – um, that sometimes can get misplaced for you know arrogance on my half or on the elite's behalf. But I've seen the power, I've I've seen it, and that that's why I want to focus on them first and foremost. You know, there's people who are plenty critical of what AEW uh, does, and instead of signal boosting that, I'd rather I'd rather a hundred of the fans that we have in that base than that one salty son of a bitch that's not coming on board. Uh, anyways, if that makes any sense, you guys know that first way to fail is to try and please everybody, but I got to take care of the people who brought us to the dance in the first place. And I-, I love that answer. I love the, I love that final line of his answer. I got to take care of the people that got us here in the first place. I'm a firm believer, bully. If you put out a good product and a product that's consistently good over time, you're going to draw new people in anyway. Yes, you start off, we, we talk about this with music all the time, Bully. You start off as a, a band that has a hardcore following, but if you keep it up and you make it consistent and you do it day to day, that hardcore following is just going to get bigger and bigger. Hell, we just heard Metallica coming out of the break. Metallica would be the perfect example of that. When they started, they weren't saying, all right, we're going after the casual or mainstream fan. They threw out a, a, a t- particular style of music that had a hardcore following. But they had consistent song and album after consistent album, song, good, just greatness. And you know what? That became a groundswell that just got bigger and bigger. That's what I think of when I hear Cody's comments on AEW. Help me clean something up here. I figured out when Cody said that hearing the term casual fan made him throw up in his mouth. Was he referring to casual AEW fans or casual wrestling fans in general? I think just the term casual fan. Like, but you know, Dave, we know plenty of casual fans. That's true, but we always talk about, and I've heard it as a personality and somebody who's worked in radio at nauseum. So it's actually when I hear the term casual fan, I actually throw up a little bit in my mouth too because I've heard it when it comes in the world of NHL, NFL, and everything else. But you don't think the term casual fan is applicable? When it comes to wrestling? I No, I don't think that your main goal should be attracting the casual fan. I've seen it multiple times, and it fail. When, ah, oh, no, that I agree yes, with. Yes, and, that and, should never be the main yes. goal. And that's what I think That's what I think Cody was talking about. That, like, making, you know what, the casual fan the emphasis of the product that you're putting out there. If you try, you're going to fail. 
Yeah, but, ha- when, but when WWE does WrestleMania, who are they catering to? The WWE fan or the casual fan? I, I they they say the casual fan, but I think it I think it, it I think it's the hardcore wrestling fan that comes out to WrestleMania. I disagree because I believe Vince McMahon knows he has his diehard WWE fans who are going to either attend WrestleMania or tune into WrestleMania. I think he goes after the casual fan, the crossover fan, the fan that might be on the fence. That's why you get LT versus uh, versus uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. That's why you get uh, Donald Trump versus Vince McMahon in a hair versus hair match. Those are to attract the casual fan. I don't know, Bully, that that's what's happening now though. Like do uh, you I, okay. Do you do you do you think WrestleMania 35 tapped into the casual fan? I think Ronda Rousey was placed in a position to attract casual fans and UFC fans in particular. I just don't I, – I, I agree with you at that one point. I think there was an emphasis on WrestleMania. You know, you try to do that. You try you try to get the casual fan. And if and listen, uh, Bully, if you succeed in what you're doing, you're going to get that casual fan. But you still have to cater to your hardcore fan first. If you take your hardcore fan and push them aside just to go after the casual fan, I think that's a mistake. Because then what happens is it becomes a fad. You can't keep that casual fan too long unless they become a hardcore fan. Do we cater to the casual fan on this show? No. Yes, we do. I, I don't know if we do. I'm going to show you how we do. We know we have our fan base, correct? Yes. We give our fan base what they want every single day or at least try our damnedest to do it. Between coming on this show and speaking for three hours, our social media interaction... We know some of our fans on a first-name basis. But who are we always going after? The people that have never heard us before. Because we're hoping that while people are driving in their car and they're, they're, they're skimming through Sirius, they stop on this guy, Dave LaGreca and Bully Ray. And even though I kind of watched wrestling back in the day, and I don't now, these guys have me engaged. I like hearing their banter. I like to hear them talking about cheesy 80s movies and rock and roll and wrestling. That's the casual fan that we're always trying to pick up. And I and I think if we're good at what we do, that will happen because we're we're showing our personalities. Hey, you're on the air, you know, 5 days a week for 3 hours. Your your personality is going to come out on the air. But I still think Again, we can't get away from what we do, and that's talk pro wrestling. If if you and I stopped talking pro wrestling and we started doing more of just the 80s stuff and the music, I think we would lose our hardcore. F- you can never lose your hardcore fan base. You no, still have a, to keep that fan base. We come on the show every day consciously wanting to give our fan base what they want. But we are always looking to pick up new listeners, and I'm Whether sure AEW is going to want to do that too, bully. I'm sure. I, I, but that, but that, but when I hear Cody say the word "casual fan," makes him throw up in his mouth. There are casual fans out there, dude. Every day on social media. Just yesterday, me and you got two separate tweets from people that said. I haven't watched in the longest time, but listening to you guys on Busted Open made me want to watch WWE again. That is a casual fan that was reeled back in because of this show. 
I'm going to go ahead and disagree. I don't think that's a casual fan. That's a lapsed fan. And that's what Tony Khan and AEW have been talking about the entire time. People who were fans who don't even know what's going on anymore because they think the product has passed them by and it does it's not programmed for them. I think a lapsed fan and a casual fan are two different things. Because casual fan, when I think of casual fan, I think of somebody that's going to be like, casual fan, a casual fan bully is not going to listen to Bust It Open every day. A casual fan is somebody that says, you know what, I'll tune in today, and maybe two, three weeks down the road, I'm going to listen again. That's a casual fan. Once in a while, I'll once in a while I'll listen. Once in a while, I'll watch. Because, but once you start watching every week, you cease being a casual fan. You're now a hardcore fan. Don't you want to make that casual fan a hardcore fan? Of course. Then That's you're catering the... to them. I, I, I'm but, not uh, but... saying. I'm not saying. Hold on, Alex. Go ahead. I'm not saying that that is the priority. I'm saying that's that's still one of the things we try to do. Yes. But you owe, but I, I, I think, and again, this is what I think from his, his comment, because listen, you and I aren't the only two talking about this. This is talked about, this was talked about at like all over social media last night because people are taking that casual fan and saying, oh, WWE is going to win because you know why? Because they, they do worry about that casual fan. They want that casual fan. And now AEW is saying they don't want the casual fan. I don't think that's what Cody is saying. Cody is saying, I am catering to the people who brought us here. I am going to give the people that brought us here, our fan base, what they want on a weekly basis. But, oh, yeah, you know what? The product is going to be good enough that people who aren't a part of that fan base is going to be drawn in and they're going to start watching too. I think that's what you and I do. I, at least that's what I hope we do. Obviously the foundation and the base of our fans are the hardcore pro wrestling fan. Cause that's what I am. But if, at, the, if the WWE doesn't want to bring in casual wrestling fans, why do they use celebrities? Well, I, I, they do use celebrities, but, but again, that's to bring in the casual fan, but what have they done over time? They have broken off that hardcore fan base. They they have lost viewers. They are at an all-time low when it comes to people watching the product. Because I think they've gotten away from the focus of what really, truly got them to the dance. Do you think that bringing back a Trish Stratus is not catering to the casual fan? I think that goes back to what Alex mentioned before. That's bring, that's trying to bring back the fan, the old fan that stopped watching and bring them back and start watching again. Yeah, if you want to look at like the busted open analogy bully that you were using, um, you, Dave, Mark, Tommy, this whole thing that you guys have created, talking about wrestling, music, 80s movies, all this stuff, making people laugh day to day, that's what the crux is here. I think what Cody's saying is, he wouldn't change the crux of what AEW is just to go after these fans that aren't necessarily into it. He believes so much in what they do day to day. He thinks those people will come on their own once he's, once they see what it's all about. I kind of think we're all talking about the same thing. I just believe that Cody was a little harsh, not even harsh. It just maybe just a little over the top and saying every time he hears the word casual fan, it makes him want to throw up. We have people that go on social media, Dave, who talk to me and you and say, I was a casual fan. They use the word specifically. If fans are specifically using the term, why should I not believe in the term? 
Now, maybe it's we're just looking at the term casual fan in a weird way. Maybe that they're always have been a wrestling fan, but tune in casually. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, but again, is, is, you know, are you a casual fan of anything? <sighs> no, I don't, I don't, I, I, I real, I'm really not like, tell I'm, me something that you used to be into that you're not into anymore. I guess there's besides certain- your ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even be a casual fan of that. Uh, I'm sure there's like certain TV shows that I'm a casual fan of where maybe, you know, maybe I watched it every, you know, Walking Dead. I'll, I'll throw Walking Dead. Walking Dead, it was like, it was a necessity watch every single week that I watched The Walking Dead. Now I casually, like, if if there's nothing else on, I'll watch it. It's on my DVR. If I'm bored and I'm sitting at home, I'll throw on you know, one of the ones that I taped. I'm not. I'm no longer a hardcore fan of that show. I'm now a casual fan. So if you just admitted that you're a casual fan of The Walking Dead, why can't we have casual fans of pro wrestling? And why should we not be catering to them? Because you you have to... I love what Cody said because he says, we have our goal, we have our fan base that got here. Obviously, it's successful because we're selling out buildings. This is the fan that we're catering to. I'm Absol- not, not like- going to cater... I'm not going to cater to a fan that might tune in. I'm going to cater to a fan that I know is going to tune in. The minute they use a guy like a Stephen Amell... They are catering to the casual fan. No, I think I think that's something to bring a casual fan in, but I don't Correct. think that but I don't think that's catering to the casual fan. Wait a minute, fan. whether you're trying to bring in or cater to, that's semantics of word. You're trying to attract a casual fan. But I there's nothing wrong with trying to cater to, attract, earn the business of, whatever word you want to use to bring in a casual fan. Yes. The focus of AEW and Busted Open will always be our specific fan base, always hoping that we can pick up a casual fan here and there. The WWE, I do not believe, caters to their fan base. They are always looking for the fan that they don't have. That's why you have the zaniness that you see. Yes. That's why you have things on TV that you can't necessarily make sense of. And I tell you, they put it there for the people who are just flipping through the channels to catch the casual fan. I like what you just said there. AEW, I think AEW is going to center their programming on their hardcore fan and maybe hopes of getting the casual fan. I think the WWE doesn't isn't concerned about their hardcore fan. They're more concerned about gaining that casual fan. You said you thought AEW was going to debut at about four or five hundred thousand viewers on TNT, correct? That's that's the projection. Yes. Okay. So if that's going to be their diehard fan base, we can assume that every single week, every single AEW fan will be tuning into TNT. Yes. Yes. So now, what's the goal? Well, now you're going to hope to build that good programming and word of mouth and ha- putting out a product weekly that people are going to want to watch. That is going to build. So those might be the casual wrestling fans out there that might not be yes. watching WWE or or might not watch WWE all the time. They're casual fans. Yes. And you want to take that casual fan and turn them into a diehard. So that's why I don't understand why he has a problem with the term. The term to me is... 
it, it, it's spot on. But I, I think it's more that of catering to that casual fan. He's not uh, that I be, agree with. That he's that not going to be catering with. to the casual fan. And, and, right. and Cody saying that he, that AEW will cater to their fan base because those are the people that got him there is very reminiscent of ECW. Who did Paul cater to? His diehard fan base. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.